Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network. You must unlearn what you have learned. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. What's going on, Outriders? John, Josh, and Matt back at you again with your Legion Outrider podcast. What's going on, guys? We're outriding. Oh, you're... On a podcast. <laughs> Wait, if you're outriding, how are you here? It's it's more of a state of being as opposed to an actual physical location. How did outriding Luke Skywalker talk to Kylo Ren on Crate? Oh That's how I'm here. Does you both know astral Are you going to die? Why are you sounding so hopeful, <laughs> I Matt? mean, are you going to die? <laughs> no, because I am much younger uh, than Luke Skywalker was. in the force, I'm sure. And I haven't been drinking green milk from fresh from the and sea cow thing. Good for what else? And he's obviously yeah. a Sith Lord, so he's... Yeah, you know, right? It's a power that he did not learn from My passion is my strength. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys. Feel uh, the strength of your passion. <laughs> My chains are broken and stuff. Is it what? It's the Sith code. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. The, 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 the three words of it that I remember from playing Knights of the Old Republic. I thought you were going all Rihanna with me, you know, on some different level stuff. Never mind. <laughs> SM? Hey, Star no. Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, yeah, guys. And the, through your paddles alone, I gain power. <laughs> uh, so we got, you know, a balance to the force this week. We uh, we got some good news, some bad news, some some people joining the Star Wars universe, some people leaving it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, we got a pretty interesting uh, bit of information from our friend LJ over at uh, Tabletop Simulator, who were the... Uh, about the leagues and the, the, the leagues. Yeah. Well, it didn't come from LJ. Yeah, it, it came from uh, came from uh, Orchimedes, different oh, guy. Okay, if you're familiar on uh, on uh, Discord, but uh, yeah, so so interesting information about interesting how information. the the game has kind of changed since the uh, the FAQ dropped. Yep, and uh, we're interested to find out exactly what those numbers indicate. Plus, we're going to talk about melee now because you know with melee being a bigger portion of the game, with the Royal Guard out and Wookies coming out soon. We're going to try to uh, we'll talk a little bit about our experience with it so far and how to game plan around that. But uh, first, Star Wars news. Matt, what do we got? Well, we think we have the full cast list now for The Mandalorian. Woo-hoo! Is that correct? Yes. And we now know that... Uh, hey, you stole my notes. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it Pedro? Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Uh, yes. yes. Pablo Picasso. Yes, he is going to be The Mandalorian. That's, but we knew this. We kind I mean, of that. Kind of, well, that's we that's yeah, yeah. He was the first big name that kind yeah. of announced. But now it is official. He will be the titular, titular character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a funny word. We're all adults. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the titular is a funny word, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exciting. Uh, but there were some other people that Yeah, you know, man. Now, we got uh, Carl Weathers, who's uh, still kicking strong. No Apollo, Apollo wow. Creed. Yeah. Um, uh, and Chubbs. And Chubbs, you know. I wonder if he's going to get his hand cut off in this one, too. And what, what was his character's name in, in Predator? Oh, I don't remember. All I right. have no idea. Best Carl Weathers role. Sure. Which oh, one? Yeah, yeah. Right. Predator? Yeah, he was Question. A, Arrested Predator? Development. Predator? Damn it. <laughs> that was what I was going to go <laughs> yeah. with. They say, what, is your, what is your favorite Carl Weathers role? As Carl Weathers. Chubbs. <laughs> Chubbs? I guess. Okay. I don't know. 
I gotta go with the rest of development, Carl yeah, Weathers. I'm gonna, pretty awesome. I'm gonna go with the Office Space answer and say I celebrate his entire catalog. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good. Uh, okay, <laughs> good I'll accept that. No, and also uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who was uh, Gus Fring in Breaking Bad, is going to be. Uh, that was a new. Both of those were new ads. I had I hadn't seen anything about either of those. I heard but, he was going to be a new protocol droid. No, <laughs> no. I would laugh if he reprised his same character. From that would be Bad. awesome. I would be okay <laughs> with that. He's a spice dealer. Yeah, exactly. That's great. I that love would be it. kind of funny. Yeah, right? It's like, all right, that thing you did in Breaking Bad, just do more of that. And uh, hopefully they get half his face fixed, you know. Right, right. A little he, repair. He owns an Ewok. He owns like a, a chain of Ewok calf uh, oh, establishments. Yeah. There you go. That sounds delightful. Uh, so yeah, they also announced where the uh, the setting was going to be, or the um, I mean, we knew it was going to be Outer Rim, right? Uh, the, the timeline, yeah. For but it. yeah. Timeline wise, it's going to fall in between Return of the Jedi. I think it was supposed to be like five years after Return of the Jedi, and then you know, of course, before The Force Awakens. So yeah. that might be really cool because it, it might really start uncovering some of that uh, that lost lore. that, that, that lost, time frame. Yeah, and it's and frame. you know, if you're thinking about bounty hunters and stuff like that, you know, that assumed lawless period. You got the New Republic, and then the Empire's fallen, and what happens in the Outer Rim as, as the Empire consolidates, and then the New Republic tries to fill the vacuum. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a neat time to, to, be ex, to be exploring. Is yeah. he Boba Fett? Mm, don't think so. But he could be. He could also not be. That's true. Yeah, because with you know the retconning of most of the EU, we don't really know what happened with Boba Fett. No. I guess, yeah, and I guess, I mean, it's the Mandalorian, not a Mandalorian. I mean, when you think of Mandalorians, Boba Fett is the Mandalorian, right? Is that like the Predator as opposed to... A Predator? A Predator or the Predator? <laughs> Why don't you have a seat right here? Anyway. <laughs> Sounds like something a Predator would say. <laughs> Only when you catch them. Oh. Ah. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Chris Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we don't know Chris Hansen, by the way. Chris Hansen. Not Chris Matthews. That's hardball. Come on, man. It's like... This is a reference I don't get. For somebody as politically engaged as you are. I would immediately use Matthews. I don't yeah, watch a lot right. of Catch a Predator. <laughs> <laughs> but why not? It's fun. <laughs> I didn't get my I didn't get my royalties from last time I was on it, okay? <laughs> so a lot of episode nine rumors coming, and I am avoiding all of them as much as possible. However, there was one snippet I thought was pretty interesting, and in that Mark Hamill says that most of his scenes haven't been shot yet. Oh. So he's he was talking about like script control and trying to not leak too many spoilers, but uh Or that's because he has none. <laughs> uh why why you gotta be like this, Josh? <laughs> it's worse than that, he's dead, Jim. Wow. Yeah. Uh the the rumors I've heard about his character in episode nine uh, have got me super excited, so Does he play be... Cockknocker? Because that would be awesome. Uh, he's the Jedi Master. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Matt goes from, I try to avoid rumors, but here's some rumor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, well, okay. Yeah, that's fair. But Mark Hamill, that's, that's my man. That's, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm all for some, some more Mark Hamill in our movies. But uh, other than that, there's not a whole lot going on out there in the Star Wars-verse. Uh, oh, there was a picture leaked out from Edge of the Galaxy on uh, from Disney, though, that just, I, I remembered. It had a nice shot of the Millennium Falcon in the uh, Star Wars Edge. Looks pretty cool. Cool. I'm excited for it. So we got the uh, the good news, the the additions to the Star Wars universe, and now we're going to, uh, I guess, break the news of 
somebody we've lost. Um, Zach yeah. Rayburn. Zach yep. Rayburn. Oh, the, okay. Uh, so for Fantasy Flight, yes. Yeah. The the head of OP over at FFG, our, our, our first interview for the show way back in the early days. Yeah. Yeah, when you went to uh, Gamma. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Zach's a good good guy. It's going to be... Uh, oh, we should clarify. He, he resigned. He didn't Yeah, die. man. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not dead. People died. Died. He's not dead. He just... He's moving wow. on to greener pastures. I mean, you say, well, oh, he's resigned. Again, still so well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we got to clarify that he's, he's in not, a better place. He wasn't fired. He wasn't, like, kicked no. out of FFG. He wasn't invited to leave. He's or, living with a nice, nice you know, family on a farm somewhere <laughs> in the upstate, country. yeah. <laughs> he's able to run free. Well... No, uh, apparently, according to Zach's, uh, he, he put quite a lengthy post up on Facebook about, you know, his experience and the people that are coming in. But uh, apparently he'd been planning this for a couple months. He, he did reveal he's coming back to Vegas. So hopefully we'll get to see him again here. Zach, soon. if you listen, awesome. come on in. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get some games in or talk I'm to sure us. We or probably will. Something. But, um, yeah, it looks like they're bringing in, they're kind of splitting his position, it sounds like, into two other people and tapping somebody from inside the team, you were saying, Josh? Uh, well, it looks like they're bringing one person over from Asmodee Europe, I think. I'm, I'm not exactly sure where everybody sits right now, but they're promoting two people internally. Josh Massey um, and yeah, Alex Watkins. It sounds like Josh yeah. Massey is internal to North America. So he's probably and working then with Zach. Alex okay. is coming over from Europe. I may have that backwards, um, but you know, looking, you know, we, we kind of talked about this on our on our Facebook page earlier this week, um, and folks are they both come highly recommended. Yeah. Uh, folks had really nice things to say about both of them, uh, so we'll see where OP goes from here. Um, you know, if you've been a, a a fan of FFG competitive games, miniature games, Imperial Assault, Armada, X Wing. Um, I thought you said competitive games. <laughs> and then you said Imperial Assault. Well, okay. Okay. <sighs> Don't be like that. Uh, yeah, I got to be Anyways, Josh for a second. You know that OP feels good, i got to say. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> OP's overgone uh, kind of an overhaul uh, in the last year or so. We are talking about organized play. Yeah, organized play. Yeah. Uh, they've gone away from the store championships, regional championships mm-hmm. model. Uh, X-Wing has kind of gone to the max max firepower qualifier kind of model between system opens and you know other regional and uh yeah i want to say uh, this was con based yeah. events that but, was kind of um, zach's baby when i was yeah, talking was so, the, the flexible kit structure right and things like that you, you know, know they, they've they've kind of taken you know the the game night kits they've started adding scenarios and and, and things like that to kind of make the the in-store experience a little different than just i show up play three games of x-wing and leave um so, you know, from the community, it seems to be kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, uh, personally, coming from X-Wing, I liked the old structure. I, I liked that that ladder of, you know, a store championship. Um, you liked I, a little I, bit more structure. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I Personally, I miss... You know, because the store is your your nexus of gaming, right? That's this where we all met. We all met in this building. Yeah, that we're it's talking. Funny you in, should say that, right? Um, Why is that? Oh, uh, that, that was one of the topics that actually was prompted by this was the lack of support for like gaming clubs, sure, and stuff right. like that. Um, it's like, what if you don't have a store that can do this, but you've got a club right. that has interested members? Well, it, you know, and there's maybe that's something that they'll too. be adjusted. But I, yeah. I think a lot of that also has to do with location because you know oh, yeah. here. You know, we've got 
plenty of place, you know, to, to space to You're play. You're spoiled for choice. Right. You're yes. spoiled for choice, exactly. Um, now, having come from Germany when I lived over there, it's a lot more club-driven. Yeah. The uh, same um, thing when I was in England is I was a member of three different gaming clubs that met around. There was one gaming store within an hour and everything else yeah, you were kind of, and there was no space to play and, there. And, exactly. and the common rejoinder is that FFG doesn't do a great job of supporting organized play overseas. Yeah, um, you I know, probably kind of a, because of that yeah. reason. And hopefully, getting somebody from from Europe in there to give that perspective uh, can change that a little bit. But kind of looping back to to what I was going to say earlier, you know, the game store is the nexus of of what we do and, and our hobby and where everybody meets up. I mean, for lack of a better term, this is our clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So so seeing things like store championships go away, I think that kind of kicked a big leg out from underneath organized play. Um, because personally, I've got plenty of time to play store championships and regional championships. You know, <laughs> in X-Wing last year, there were four store championships and a regional in Las Vegas alone. Right. Right. That's... That's five, not premier, but big-time events that pull people in from Arizona, California, Utah to play here. Um, You don't have that anymore. You know, I I don't have the time or money to go to Gen Con and Adepticon and LVO and PAX Unplugged and all of these other places where they have all of these now max firepower tournaments where if I want to play a high-level, no-kidding tournament experience now it requires a lot of effort and it's more effort and to me that you should have to make okay i'm 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 more of a fan of the way they did so ffg we want to hold all our big tournament qualifiers over josh's house so he doesn't have to travel at all (laughs) yeah i've got space i've got space for at least three tables okay cool yeah we'll uh make that happen i'll I'll put out the cereal boxes and stuff for terrain it'd be great (laughs) So I thought it looked better this year. (laughs) Right. One question I have from somebody who doesn't have any kind of you know competitive gaming experience. Sure. Where does FFGs? Where do they fall OP wise with you know within the spectrum of like GW or or Magic the Gathering? And you're asking the guy that has no experience in either of those um, realms. Well, hello. Well, that's (laughs) why. Probably hello there. They're pretty good. Okay. Overall, they're they're really good, actually. Because GW, they GW, have a very hands-off approach, and they've gotten better. They but. have gotten a lot better. They've been sending out kits for a lot more stuff because there's been really good positive response for it. Uh, some of it can be hit or miss. Some of it can be a little bit expensive to get a hold of. But uh, overall, it's pretty good. Magic is the king, though. I mean, the, just the amount of promos and organization and all that goes into it. But I would say Fantasy Flight is catching up. And is hopefully, it, with these new people coming on board, we'll see even more closing of the distance there. Okay. Now, is it a lot harder to do with something like a war game as opposed to, I mean, it seems like Magic the Gathering is a little easier for a card game to do it. Oh, sure, but, I mean, look at the stuff that you get in the OP kits. It's mostly, like, tokens and alt art and full art bleeds and stuff like that, uh, which translate across any kind of card game or anything like that. I don't think it's any different, really, uh, other than, you know, you'll get play mats or something for magic, things like that. Well, one thing I'd like to add about what I liked about the older OP structure FFG wouldn't release units or, or do a fac or anything to the game during those seasons, right? You had store championship season, and it ran from December to February, 
the end of February. So like a three-month window. And during that window, there were no, no releases, no facts, nothing like that. Right, so everybody played on the same playing field as store champions, and then you would have a gap, and then there were some a release and some facts and stuff like that, and then they'd do regionals on a kind of a three month gap, right? Okay, and then they would also do no releases or anything. Generally, they wouldn't have any releases in the middle of of that time. So everybody that was a regional champion played on the same playing field, right? The way it's working now. It's, you know, the, the guys that won the first ch- championships, you know, the first events in Legion aren't playing necessarily on the same playing field as the game is now. If that makes that make sense? It, it makes sense. You see what I'm talking I about? It's, I mean, it's hard to do that right now because the game is growing so much still. It's yeah, sure, in the infancy. We're still, yeah, we're in the first year still. I mean, as mind-blowing as that is to me still. But, but they were playing at a level playing field amongst their peers at the time that they qualified. So uh, the game has changed definitely since mm-hmm. then, and they'll have to adapt. So right. that might be more difficult for them. But overall, I think, hey, it's still a fair representation. Sure, and I feel like the, the guys who won those early tournaments are still going to be competitive in the, you know, the current meta. Right. But the thing, uh, and I, I guess this is more of a point for going forward, mm-hmm. where you've got a constantly shifting meta, Right. Yeah. Um, that's going to slow down a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. But eh. Personally, until Clone Wars and droids. Right. And you know. That. So you're going to have. You know. The the meta was stable for the entire store championship season, and then the meta was stable for the entire regional championship season. Right. Um, the the way they've just farmed it out now to events that you've got you know cons well, and things it's, like it's that now, yeah it's but they've baked that into the rules for the, the that kind of tournament organization it's it has to be have been at, released for 11 days to be legal well, sure for and that was the same thing for excellence okay you know, so but kind of sh- uh, shifting gears a little bit here um, one of the things looking at the, the LVO I don't know how to work clutch this is too much pressure <laughs> we're, we're done with this topic moving on <laughs> well one thing that nice segue that was smooth well <laughs> That was terrible. It would have been, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, one thing that, you know, looking at organized play in, in some of the competitive environments, um, there's, you know, a requirement for having painted models, and... Mostly GW, yeah. Mostly and, GW, yeah. And some War Machine, and I'm sure there's some other games out there, too. Do you think that's something that we're going to see out of Legion? I mean, this is, you know, FFG's oh, first foray man. into fully um, customizable... You know, I could see that life. happening, or at least they might make a format where that is required, like a Masters event or something, kind of like War Machine does. Uh, GW just straight up says if it's a GW event, it will be painted. So I could see that happening, but the first year, they are kind of finding their legs. I'm sure they're going to be pulling people like LJ after they're doing the, the events and uh, saying, hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, eh, I don't know. Or, hey, yeah, I think a lot, everybody had it painted anyway, so I don't see the difference in having it restricted or not. You know? Right, and, you know, that kind of goes back to our, when we talked to, you know, um, Alex Davies and, and, and Lugetti, they said they wanted an accessible game. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to paint them, don't paint them. Um, but, mm. but, you know that's also up to these tournament organizers. Yeah, um, I believe for LVO there is a painting requirement. I believe. I, uh, mean, I may. I'm, I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll have to go back. We'll have to look that, that up. But 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me Didn't if really cross my radar. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if some tournament organizers start mandating painted models just because it looks better on the table. You know, part part of part of you know one of the best things that's happened for Legion is getting sixty four players at LVO. Yeah, you know, so you know you got all the the AOS guys and the forty k guys and the War Machine guys are going to come check it out. And well, if it's ever going to be any kind of official FFG tournament, it's going to go by the design doc for the tournament. So unless it sure. says in there specifically, I don't think the TOs will have a whole lot of fiat in saying, "Yeah, painted's okay" or yeah, "not okay." That's true, but I think it's I think it's a better marketing thing for the game. You know, sixty-four guys playing the game is a great marketing thing, but then when all these forty k guys come by and see unpainted models on the table. You know, yeah, okay, they're probably going to turn their nose up at the game. Sure, I'll, I'll be know? the first to admit and, I'm and maybe, that way. Yeah, and, you know, and <laughs> wow. maybe, maybe that's not the kind of people we want in the game, and, and that's a valid. We're the best kind of people. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no the, the snobs that would turn their nose up at, at people. Oh, somebody is playing unpainted minis. Yeah, wow. oh, I don't want to play. I was thinking about getting into Legion, but they let the they let the normals with their unpainted models play. You know, I <clears throat> fully painted us for closers. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so if I just dip it in like plasti dip, is that uh, do you oh. consider that painted? But what if they actually had an outlet for people that didn't want to paint? Like besides FFG. just outsourcing it to your friend sitting next to you. Hey, buddy. <laughs> When am I getting those scout troopers? By the way, <laughs> they're actually how much are you paying him again? Uh, I don't know. Hugs, 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 and yeah. rides to the airport. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I'm basically Uber for paint because he flies <laughs> out like every other week. No, but you know, FFG has all these other games that have pre-painted models. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, do you think that this would be something that? Would this be something you'd be interested in? Um, I hate painting, uh, so <laughs> do you I choose mean, the most <laughs> difficult paint scheme? Be but aware, yes. that it's unlikely they'd come in the black and purple. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Scheme. Well, I mean, that's you know, and that's where where for me, it's I prefer having them unpainted just because I customize my army, so it's something nice to be able to have them unpainted. Um, but I, I repainted everything that I had for X-Wing also in, into black and purple. Did you do so, that like as soon as you popped out of the box? Basically, yeah. Take, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, so I, I, I won't, it wasn't a gradual thing uh, for you? I won't put models that were unpainted and repainted, at least for X-Wing. I wouldn't put unrepainted models on the board. Um, okay. I would purposefully not play with newer ships because they weren't painted yet because I was just anal about it like that. But, you know, that's me. Um but I think the for question all of the we're folks, asking, yeah. yeah, for all of the folks that are out there doing standard Imperial stormtroopers, yeah, I think you know if if I were doing that, there there was nothing, and it's nothing to like what guys who do Imperial Guard in 40k have to go through oh, with God. 30 man units, and you've got eight <laughs> of them out on the board. Um, 30. Would, those are rookie numbers. Yeah, you gotta yeah, bump those bump numbers up, right? <laughs> I, would, I would seriously suck start a pistol if I had to <laughs> if I had to paint all of that. Um, but there's nothing more defeating to me than looking at all of the unpainted stuff I have on my table yeah. right now. And it's like, God, i got to paint like 40 more minis. You know, I'm, gl- I'm glad I'm not one of these guys that's doing an imp- Imperial and a Rebel Army because I'd never get it done. Yeah. You know, I've kind so of, I, could, yeah. I could see there definitely being a market there for people that just go, I'm just going to do the standard stuff. I'll just take pre-painted stuff. That's so, fine So by would me. you prefer to have the current unpainted unassembled stormtrooper box replaced with a, an assembled paint pre-painted to let's say an x-wing quality which i think is fantastic mm-hmm. for a mass-produced product 
Would you like to see that or just have an option available? I'd like to, I think an option is best. Okay. Um, Would you be willing to pay probably double the price for the unit? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, my time is valuable too. That's fair. You know, for and, a lot and, of people, and, they may not have the budget and they got more time. Sure. So, so you know, but it's, it's not just uh, uh, like painted, unpainted, and painted. Okay, double the cost. That's not a fair comparison necessarily because you've also got to buy glue, paint, brushes, basing material, all yeah. of this other stuff that, that goes into, you know, some people buy airbrushes. Good airbrush will set you back what 150 bucks. Yeah, you know. So how many? And, yeah. yeah. So how many units of troops do you have to buy and 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 not paint before you've now hit what's your break even point? Right. With it, supplies well, it, and given in a long enough graph, a lot of sure, these are sure. investment things. Like paint will last you quite a while if you take care of it. You know, obviously airbrush setup. You know, as long as you're maintaining your equipment, uh, there is a lot of initial costs that you just mentioned. Uh, and it just, I guess it depends on how many units you figure you're going to be buying or, and if you're happy with the quality of the paint or, mm -hmm. or the, even the color concept, sure. if you want your black and purple and gray guys. And I, 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 mean, I, I think a lot of that has to do too with how much do you really enjoy that aspect of the, of the hobby? Because I mean, it is, it is more than just a war game. It is a hobby. And if that's a portion <laughs> of it that you don't enjoy doing. Case in point, uh, I brought in some of my old Beastmen. Uh, army for Age of Sigmar the other day that I had painted up years ago for 8th edition and he was like you can paint John I was yeah, and I, I was, was like, like yeah I can paint I just hate it <laughs> you know, I do it when it's absolutely necessary when as, you came along you're you literally like, oh, you drowning paint. in your army right? of, of yeah. stormtroopers like, and, and I'm like, can wait, wait, and you want yeah. are two totally oh, different yeah. fully capable of painting this entire time <laughs> yeah no no I mean I'm, I'm not any great I'm, I'm okay at tabletop That that's about as, as badass as I get with right. painting so when john can actually do a good job and i'm really happy with the results which he did my imperial guard or the the royal guard and they look fantastic i can't wait to play them also um just before we get too far in this uh lvo requirements you do not have to have any army painted or okay. based okay. in yeah, any way shape okay. or form so if you want to show up with your just plastics plastic okay. and and i, I could right have sworn i heard reports from nova like some guys that like literally just started playing like a week or two before and they're like hey there's spots at nova let me go get some sure. more games in cool you know great bring yeah. down the new people i mean we're going to be at capacity so right you do have to have two barricades required per player though that is a requirement yeah so make sure you have your Barricada. You looked with such expectation. I did. I was like, I threw it up like John Stockton. Dude, that was great. I came in like Carl Malone and just tomahawked it. That's a basketball. Basketball? Yeah. Sports ball. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and personally, I would like court troopers pre painted fine. Okay. Right? For the for the commanders and hero units, like painting Boba Fett was fun because. It's freaking Boba Fett, yeah. right? Yeah, one of minis is people are gonna want gas. people. You know, random stormtrooper number fifty. I'm not nearly as enthused to paint as I am. You know, Veers or Boba Fett or Vader. Okay, I have a question right? for you though. How many Josh style rants would they incur? By hey, here's stormtroopers, but they're pre-painted instead of like oh, bringing us new units or something. Why are you wasting time bringing us units we've already got when you could be you know flushing out the factions more? This is such a waste. Meh. That's a None. trick question. There will always yeah. be a Josh Rand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
No, I don't. I don't think hanging he'll be a lantern any, on it now for in case con- it ever gets revealed. Conceivably, you know, producing the models is is separate from painting the models, right? I, I, Very much so. And actually, know, one of so the... you're, you're not taking up any production time away from other units. It's just okay. Half of the stormtroopers we just printed go unpainted. Half of the stormtroopers we just printed go painted. Okay. You're not necessarily delaying other units mm. necessarily. Okay. So um, one of the fun things I got to say on at the, the the Gamma retailers thing mm-hmm. and with Fantasy Flight, uh, I think this was two years ago, but they were basically breaking down the whole production cycle for X-wing and how uh, it oh, basically so it was a trick question. Okay. Over the time. And the biggest problem, the number one problem they had was finding factories that could turn out the the high enough quality of uh, painting for the ships mm-hmm. for them to accept it. And that was why there was always production shortages in the early days, was getting these factories spun up. So maybe there is something to what you're saying and that, mm-hmm. that maybe they already have these factories, but then maybe they're having a split between, you know, Legion and X-Wing and but all these if, Armada and all these other... Correct me if things. I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. the X-Wing ships, were they hand-painted? Or was it a paint? Because it, it uh, looks... I don't, I don't know they if said. they're machine-painted or not, but, um, you know, and there's going to be a middle ground here. Um, you know, you, you're talking painted to X-Wing standard. I don't know how necessarily that translates to... Uh, you know, a, a Legion miniature type standard and that's because those a ships will. You, you know, know, a ship is generally a lot of flat surfaces, right? Okay. Kind of a lot easier to paint and shade and things like that. You'll you'll have some little greebly bits that are that are raised, but generally, you look at a Tie Fighter. You know, it's a ball with two slab sides attached to it. It's not that okay. hard to paint. You know, but you start talking about the stormtroopers, where you're trying to get inside cracks and nooks and crannies. Thank and you, because like that. going back to those 40k snobs, if you show up with like a WizKid style, you know, hero clicks or the old uh, force clicks thing, right. looking like that, the old garbage, Wizards of the Coast. Oh game. man, I'd yeah. rather see unpainted stuff. Well, yeah, there's uh, a sweet spot. Three color minimum. Uh, Even the, if it's the, like leaking everywhere and it's just like blobs where their eyes are and things like that, I don't know if you recall somewhere. how bad those were. Well, I showed you bad. some of the I showed you some of the Wizards of the Coasts. Oh um, yeah, I mean there, you know some, it, they weren't some bad. bad. There's some bad examples out there. There's some good ones. I mean, I I think if you're in the hobby portion of it, everyone starts somewhere and. I'm not going to belittle someone for trying. No, no. I, I'm, I'm saying these uh, store-bought examples of these are my pre-painted stormtroopers I just bought off the shelf, and they look like they're like these Heroclix quality paints. Oh. But if you're buying that kind of thing, issuing the option to, to paint them yourself, mm-hmm. you don't care. And I, I think I, that would I mean, be damaging that's... to the game as a whole, though, as having that representative of, you know, the mo- the models we're playing with. I mean, Heroclix is plenty popular. I mean, yeah, would I remember mean, there's, all there's the hate that we people. were giving the bad paint <laughs> jobs for, like, Han Solo back in the day? What do you mean, we? Oh, jo- okay, Josh. Josh. Well, I think everybody was a little bit... I was. Don't you point your finger at me job. like that. If we, All right, if we go back no. and listen to the Han Solo episode... Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's not... They need a different painter. That was you, I bro. We, I said it wasn't yeah, showcased. It was a collective. Yeah. Nobody, I was nobody much more took nuanced up. with it. Oh, oh okay. Nuanced. So, I said that it yeah. wasn't showcase quality. Depends it, on what your definition of is so, is. So Josh okay. didn't like it, and John had some notes... Yeah, and uh, we'll let it go with that. But the fact that just the painting on these models can 
really change your the way you feel about them. I mean, sure, yeah. once you got them in hand, we're like, oh, this isn't so bad. I can work with this. But it also depends on your frame of reference, right? You know, if, if you're saying unpainted models and, you know, that immediately puts you into a mindset of 40K War Machine. Yeah. Stuff like that. Hobby miniature so, games. So yeah. then to come out with that, you know, of course you're going to get panned because there's a million people out there that could do better. I'm not yeah. one of them, but there's plenty of people out there, you know. But if you're saying, okay, we're going to do pre painted miniatures, there, there's a certain expectation, right? It's, it's machine painted. It's obviously not going to be as good. You know, if you had told me that that Han Solo was machine painted, I've been like, Meh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely you know? playable. So there's yeah. a level of expectation there for unpainted hobby miniatures mm-hmm. or, hey, I'll pay a premium just so I can put them on the table you know, without having to go through all of the, the, the rigmarole of painting them myself. So, eh. Okay, so would you pay 50 bucks for a unit of Stormtroopers painted to at least like a tabletop quality? Maybe. Sure. Maybe. I mean, it, it depends. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I can't say what? that sight unseen. You know, okay. um, it, it depends on what you're getting for the value. You know, if they're trash painted, no, I wouldn't pay 50 bucks per. Um, if they were, if they looked good, um, yeah, maybe. You know, or, <laughs> or if I was trying, if I had a friend um, or somebody else that I was trying to get into playing Rebels, and they were already pre-painted, and they weren't interested in doing the hobby stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I would recommend. Yeah, look, it's fifty bucks per. Okay, it's a bit of a higher cost of entry for the core units, but uh, you know, you're going to save time and, and money on supplies, and you know, there is something you're not going to gonna paint it any better than that. So you might yeah. as well just save yourself the, it, and the time and money. And I talk to people money. all the time. So, There's an intimidation factor if you've never absolutely painted there is. So yeah, yeah, I just don't, I don't see the problem with offering people the option. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming from somebody who actually enjoys the painting portion, I don't begrudge somebody who doesn't. If they would rather, you know, yeah. pay the extra money to put painted money, painted models on the table. But they are diverting production time to their painted model line and not barricaded to electric boogaloo. Well, then they can just go and cancel <laughs> Rune Wars. Uh. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. Coming up, we're gonna take a look at uh, what some of these numbers look like from Tabletop Simulator post fac. You're listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network, recorded on location at Power 9 Games. Whether you're looking for the latest releases from Legion, X-Wing, 40K, Magic, or any of our other extensive inventory of board and card games, head to power9games.com and use coupon code OUTRIDER10 to get 10% off your order. Plus, shipping is free on orders over $100. Now, back to the Outriders. Welcome back, Outriders, John, Josh, and Matt. So, I feel welcomed back. Okay, Yay. thank you. Well, that's good. Like and, a warm embrace. And, and you're actually here in person now, thankfully. Yes. I... No more astral projection? I thought that was you. I was outriding. <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so we we're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the, the changes post-fac. Um, errata. Yeah, the errata. Thank you. Yeah, that's okay. Old GW. Words matter. Yeah. <laughs> So the the errata changed a few things, including uh, key positions. And boy, did it! <laughs> I guess our best uh, our best guinea pig for you know, seeing how some of these things play out is our good friends over at Tabletop Simulator, mm-hmm. Invader League, Invader League. Uh, yeah, so which they just wrapped up recently. So, so what did the the numbers look like? How did the game change after these the, the errata came out? And do you know if they implemented them like immediately? 
uh, Invader League wrapped up um, prior to the, the Arata. Arata. Coming out. Okay. So um, we're we're looking at basic at two different sets of data here. Okay. Um, the 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 pre errata data is coming from Invader League, and the post errata data is coming from um, uh, Yavin Base. Okay. Uh, which is also running a, a tabletop simulator group league type thing. Oh, okay. Um, so you know, we're, but we're getting these these numbers from Cal uh, Dornbos from uh, Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Thank you. Um, so, but what we saw in uh, in tabletop simulator in Invader League was, of course, everybody taking really big bids, and th- and that's where uh, mm-hmm. key positions has kind of changed the meta here a little yeah. bit. Because um, you saw people taking really deep bids, hoping that they would get to be blue player in key positions, because under the, the, the pre-errata key positions, blue player was essentially an, an auto-win. We're talking bids so big, they were mistaken for a small moon. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's no moon. That's a, that's a legion bid. That's, that's a blue player bid, yeah. if ever I've seen one. So looking at the looking at the uh, the the range of bids and key positions um, from Invader League, most of them were clumped at the low end of you know ten points at the low end, and then you had kind of a spike up at twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and then you had a whole big gap uh, or a whole big bunch at, at, at seventeen. So hmm. between ten and twenty points is where the vast majority of the bids. Landed, and that's a fair amount of upgrades. Here, yeah, it is. Yeah. And, yeah, and and in all of those games, the blue player won one hundred percent of the time. So, hmm. you know, if you could take that seventeen point bid and get blue player in key positions, you were guaranteed. You were essentially guaranteeing yourself a victory. Um, now, as long as you didn't completely throw the game away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you run all your units off the table like Whee! like a yeah. like a like a dummy. Take that data. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the odds of you getting key positions, I mean, you have to basically have it land on that third card in order to... To, to, guarantee, to guarantee it, it. sure. Um, or, you know, the, the person you were playing just was like, come at me, bro, yeah. and, and <laughs> left it there, yeah. you know, trying to, you know, get, you know... Oh, key limited visibility. <laughs> oh. Trying to get limited visibility so they could get up and rush you or whatever. Sure. Um but now looking at the, the Yavin base data, um, they've played 47 games so far That's in key positions, which is a mm-hmm. fair amount of games. Yeah. It's a good sample size. Yeah. 32 of those games have had a bid of two points or less. Woo! Yeah, and that's and I feel like that's probably not people strategically doing it. That's just like I don't have another upgrade that can fill. Two yeah, points. I can't take these grappling hooks. Well, for two I mean, points. Yeah. people are building lists that are from from. 898 to 8 or not 898 but 798 to 800 points. Yeah. So what that's telling you is that people aren't valuing undercosting the themselves. Spot. They're going right up to 800 points because now the way that key positions plays, it's just not that important to have a bit. Yeah. Because it's like we said, it's kind of a it's kind of an amalgamation of uh, key positions and or not key positions, but intercept the transmissions and um, supplies. Supplies. Yeah. So, and I, I think that you reflects know, better on the game. I honestly. think it does too. Yeah. You know, it, it rewards tactical thinking, not oh, I I got lucky with where the cards fell. And I'm not going to take grenades because I want to try and right. Yeah, that too. Get one over on this one scenario. So good job, FFG. Thank you for fixing key positions. So far, so good. What took you so long? Because I, mean, I have to complain about something. <laughs> okay. All right. That's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, no, 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 no. 
No, How but it's quickly? good. Yeah. Okay. It's good that they they listened to the fan base and they listened to the players and and obviously took a look at something. Because obviously in playtesting, it didn't seem broken. Otherwise, they wouldn't have shipped it this way. Yeah. Um, and they did a couple of erratas. Or I think they did one errata previous to this one that changed right. it. So, you know, maybe they felt they didn't have enough data to overrule what their playtesting said. But, you know. And this has been they, kind they, of a, They got yeah. it right yeah. eventually, yeah. Which, is, which is the important part. This has kind of been a recurring theme because this is more of a role that companies are taking. And they're taking a more proactive uh, approach to balancing their rules live out in the field. As opposed to like in the days when we were growing up, me, uh, you and John, me and John uh, playing GW games were like, cool, this is totally imbalanced. Suck it up till the next rule edition, you know, maybe what a couple mean, years down What do you line. mean back in the days? Back in the day, you like, know. Because I'm pretty sure edition. 40K still runs that way. Uh, so, But they're, they're coming out with more rules, erratas, and things like that live in the middle of edition. Yeah, I mean, you're getting chapter approved. Yeah, chapter approved is yeah. coming you know, out yeah. this weekend. True, so. but they, I mean, there's been numerous times where, you know, they'll, drop a, perfect, they'll drop a codex but, and then all of a sudden they realize two weeks later, oh yeah, um, here's a FAQ because we yeah. didn't know what we were doing when we made this or we printed it too early. Or we without, didn't consider this interaction yeah. or so, some, something I mean, slipped by in beta. Yeah, not to get too far in the weeds with the GW stuff, yeah. but I mean, it is something that we still see issues with in other games and I'm glad to see that, that FFG is getting it right with this yeah, yeah. and uh, War Machine definitely has a big part of this with their CID initiatives and things mm-hmm. like that they try to do small con- corrections uh, to try and fine tune it before you know swinging it one way or the other and when you've got deep model lines like 40k and War Machine where it's like okay well my list is now garbage I'm going to buy a new army and then what if it swings back you know a month or two later and it's like well I just wasted all this time and money what's going on so incremental changes I think is what they were doing here and uh, it seems like they dialed in really well yeah they got it right so yeah awesome and coming from Josh that's a that's the highest I, I feel so warm and fuzzy right, right now <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, he is so nonplussed right now. Wow. <laughs> Chagrined, <laughs> I think. I'm... Well, now that we're, uh, you know, talking about other other contributors to the uh, the community who are, you know, basically providing us content, uh, our good friend Nick Freeman. Who? Uh, Nick Freeman, the who? BFF of the show. I, I don't know. I've never Fiance heard this name before. Are you denying him three times, Peter? Yes. Oh. Enjoy your 20 pieces of silver. 30. <laughs> is it 30? It's 30. Oh. Somebody didn't pay attention in Sunday school. I don't know. I got all my religious studies from Harry Dresden, so. <laughs> uh, so At least you didn't say L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, you know. <laughs> I got the, the, the beta waves or whatever coming over. From, from Xanadu. Come on, man. From Xenu. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm sorry. Did, are, are you going to get your lawyers get fixed your on me now? Get your religions correct. <laughs> Uh, you know, one created Scientology, the other was a movie starring Olivia Newton-John. Whatever. <laughs> I'll let you decide which is which. Uh, Either way, um, lately. <laughs> our, uh, our good friend Nick Freeman put out uh, Who? On, his, <laughs> on his podcast, Impact X, um, he put an article about blocking. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience so far playing with melee units other than his trusty Luke Skywalker... Um, at least till next week. At least till next week. I, I've been, you know, looking heavily into doing a, a melee-based Wookiee list. Um, not because of strategic reasons, but because I just am a fanboy of Wookiees. And you are. I a think Wookie. this is the first time we've heard this. Yeah. 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 Why, why yeah. are you jumping on the bandwagon all of a sudden? I know, right? What's going on? <laughs> so, 
reading his article, it, it brought up a lot of good points. Uh, you know, some of the challenges that go into melee. It's you know not as easy as just running in there and tearing people's arms off. Uh, there's a lot of nuance that goes into it. Now, you guys have both played a couple games with, uh, you know, various IRG. melee units, yeah. IRG. Vader. What are, what are some of the yeah. challenges that you've seen so far? Uh, speed one moves with Vader, and you can't melee until, like, turn six. <laughs> okay, that's that sounds like a pretty, like, a, a pretty severe <laughs> or five restriction. Because yeah, no. <laughs> you got to truck his ass all the way up the board till you can punch somebody. But with IRG, I mean, they're, they're moving yeah. at range to... Yeah, they've got, it, you know, charge and yeah. all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, the hardest part is just getting there. Right, you know, because yeah. you're not you're not necessarily charging a static point. You're moving your units, and then you're trying to intercept other units that are moving, unless they're just dug into cover or something like that. So maybe you, you don't know. get lucky like I did, and, and Luke was char- charging across the field as I was charging towards him, and it was fantastic. We met in the middle, and then Palpatine shocked me to death anyway. So. <laughs> but I mean, that, <laughs> in that scenario, you've got somebody who's willing to engage you. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, if they're trying to play KG with you, yeah, that's a completely different ballgame. But yeah, what, what concerns me the most is when you see people who are setting up snipers on rooftops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, according to the rules, but according to you know what Nick Freeman laid out in Impact X, you know, having your base just a millimeter off the edge basically creates a illegal move. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, going to space guys out you know, on a, on a second level ledge and prevent anyone from getting base to base contact, that's going to create some real big issues for people who run melee heavy lists. Right. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, if you've got a melee heavy list and you're getting, you know, DLT to death as you try and get into range, you know, basically turns into Poland 1939, where, <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got the German army and you've got the, the, the Polish army on horseback uh, charging at tanks and you know, it doesn't work very well. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, We're not I, faulting their bravery. Just no, the very brave. Yeah, in technology levels. Well, I guess then, as the you know, modern equivalent, Star Wars equivalent of the the Polish hussar cavalry. I mean, the Wookies are are going to have some issues if they don't have cover and things like that. But you know, how does one who wants to run a melee heavy list mitigate some of those issues with movement? Just get behind cover. You know, hope hope there's enough cover that you can double move from cover to cover. Um, you know, but if you're double moving from cover to cover without the benefit of something like new ways to motivate them or pull the strings, um, you know, you're you're basically n- passing up attacks if you have something at range two to be able to get into a position to melee a round or two later. Yeah, and don't don't get tunnel vision on the melee also. The IRGs have amazing pistols on them, too, and yep. I used them to good effect last time I played them. So they, they were shooting the crap out of people they couldn't quite get into melee with. See, but one challenge, I think, with, with Legion as compared to games like 40K or AOS is mm-hmm. in 40K, I can run my Space Wolves up at you, I can shoot at you, and I can still charge you, and I'm not losing an action because of it. Okay. But, you know, say I've got a unit of Wookiees and I'm moving or shooting, or charging you, I mean, I can't do all three. Well, you can't, you can't. You can shoot at somebody, do a range two move, and charge them into base-to-base contact. You can't attack after that, 
Sure, yeah. But you can you lock can. them up. Though. You can yeah. lock. You can shoot them, and then if there's one or two guys left, prevent your guys from being shot at by then charging them in, in into base to base contact and and engaging them. And now you're engaged, and people can't shoot you. Um, so you can do that. Sure, but, but, but it's not the same. I'm yeah, still yeah, yeah. foregoing my attack. Your melee attack. My melee attack sure. in lieu of doing the shooting attack. Well, then double move into melee. I mean, if, By if you're large, in that though, the position, melee attack is a much more favorable attack to make. Well, sure. You for, know, for, yeah, for, for melee Wookiees. design units. Yeah. 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 No, but but I, I'm saying like that's not exactly the same as being able to move, shoot, charge, attack. As some people might be used to. That's a different game, man. Yeah. I mean, go play 40K. Yeah. I, no, no, absolutely not. Don't you put that evil on me. And that's not yeah. out of, like, uh, you know, don't the, tempt me. It's like, no, literally, I do not want to do that. But back to the article that you were referencing from Nick, uh, the, I think melee units might have a difficult time against people that are prepared for them, uh, that is aware of their capabilities, where they can place their units optimally to receive those charges or at least make it difficult for them to get those charges. Uh, one of my favorite diagrams I showed uh, that he put in the blog was uh, how he was positioning his guys behind a barricade and he was doing it in such a way that if they wanted to come at them, they would be getting that range one movement, you know, mm-hmm. absent, mm-hmm. you know, the, the hostile weather gear or anything like that, that would then short their move and be unable to complete their charge. I think things like that are... That next level kind of play that if you see what's uh, coming against you and you can think about what your units are going to be doing and how they can react to that. I mean, you were were talking about having, you know, perpetually falling back stormtroopers with DLTs Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, putting a point or two out every every round. Mm -hmm. That's going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, But then again, maybe you're chasing them off objectives at that point. Yeah. You know, and and that's something that I think that a lot of players – that come from a game like 40K where it's just you get 12 inches of movement or six inches of movement and you can go anywhere within that six inches, right? Right. You don't have to move along a, a template. Right. You know, because moving along that template causes no-go zones. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, the template is, I don't know how long a range two template is, five inches, something like that, because uh, it's a little bit shorter than the, the range one Movement or the range one ruler, which is a good authority, it's a good nine to ten inches, just like that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. nine to ten. Yeah, um, but with (laughs) by having the 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 bend in the middle, you know, it's not I'm I've got five inches no matter where I go. Uh You know, if I've got to go around an obstacle, you got to, you know, I can only go maybe three and a half inches forward, depending on how I've got to maneuver around that. Um, I, I think that's where some somebody who comes from an, from an X-Wing background, it's a lot easier to get your head around because sure. you're used to maneuvering along a template. And, and then blocking somebody or preventing movement um, makes it a lot easier because you can see, okay, I'm used to templates and here, there, and I'm going to end there, right? Yeah. As opposed to, well, I'll just measure out my my six inches, and then I'll uh, okay, I'll go here, I guess. And oh, now we're now we're in a charge. Now I'm engaged with you. Right. And this uh, is a point you brought up earlier too, is you can use active blocking to foil absolutely charge attacks. Yeah, I've I've done it with bikes. Yeah, a you, lot. You did. You know, you you, you know, if you can use you know bikes, you get three with the compulsory, you get three speed three moves. You can cover a lot of ground, and you can you know if you can drop those bikes. 
you know, save your activation on them till, till the end, drop that bike right into a, a path of a unit that, you know, hey, I've got to go here to be able to score this objective. Well, my bikes are there now. Now, yeah. you, now you can't. Um, they're, they're great for that. Um, and, and that's something that coming from X-Wing is, is kind of second nature, you know, using a low pilot skill ship to block uh, a, a predicted move is a powerful tool in yeah. that game. That's something I didn't really ever get to when I was playing X-Wing mm-hmm. and still dabble with from time to time, and I still don't get it now, so. <laughs> I'm not getting any better. No, no, that's, that's fine. But, you know, if, if blocking was a thing that you were used to doing in X-Wing, sure. you know, um, to kind of deny your air, your opponent an area and actions and things, all of the consequences of bumping in that game, um, you know, it's easy to do in in Legion as well because you're used to kind of that movement template kinesthetic yeah. aspect, right? John, let me get your take. What's uh, up? So Wookiees are coming out. You're excited. Yeah. What colors are you going to paint them? I, I mean, more than likely what they are in the movies, you know, various shades of brown. Some I know black. a really good way to it's get them probably going to be... <laughs> Really quick and easy way. Spray What's painting them. <laughs> Take them and shove them straight oh, up. Oh, yeah. the <laughs> painting tray table. And yeah, exactly. Light coats of yeah. their primer. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, in the, right in your bucket of nice, army painters. Nice and yeah. texture. <laughs> That's not typhus corrosion they're painted in. Oh, man. Oh, that's the case. You may want to get you may want to see a GI specialist. <laughs> Why? Who's their suppository? Yeah. <laughs> Ewok calf. Yep. <laughs> Little known fact: the uh, yeah. the, the actual Wookiee language, Sherwook, Sherwook is based yeah. on the sound of forcefully <laughs> removing a Wookiee miniature from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, the shark has been jumped. Ah, getting a little blue now. I really hope that uh, our our friend who was driving through the uh, the drive through yeah. getting fast food. <laughs> Was driving through during that exact yeah. conversation. I think we're timing this out. Yeah, just, we should be just yeah. perfectly. We're like eighty, you know, or not forty-five minutes into our podcast. That guy's going to be driving through the drive-through at that exact moment. And we're going to drop something just completely inappropriate when he's driving through. It happened. You did it to me again, Outriders. Yeah. Now I have to go to the other McDonald's across town. <laughs> Great. And their McFlurry machines never working. This message brought to you by Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburgers, not sporting Dicks, goods. No, you're right, right. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, both of them want to sponsor it, that's fine. Yeah, that, I mean, that'd be yeah. good, too. Hey. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts on melee units and things? Good? They're good. Covered? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm They're still going to be playing them a lot. No, like, the, the one adjustment that I made to my list after, you know, kind of going through that and realizing how inadequate my charging movement skills are probably going to be, um, I'm, I think I'm going to put Just push some forward, ATRTs with flamethrowers. Oh. With my Wookiees. And what I'm going to use them for is twofold. Uh, first, mobile light cover. Yeah. Because okay. I can, you know, march the uh, the Wookiees right behind them. And second of all, if I can't get into base to base with you because you're, you know, shrewd with your, your movement, I'm just going to shoot you with a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I could definitely see that kind of... Uh, Catch twenty two choice of do I shoot the Wookies and soften them up, or do I let the flamethrower get close enough to do his thing? Because I'm just gonna make it so every unit that I have is gonna be something that's gonna be running right up your face, and you can shoot the I Wookies. Think that'd actually you be can a pretty shoot good the ATRTs, but you know you can you do move your movement shenanigans to to get just out of range of the Wookie charge, but you might not get out of range of the flamethrower. So yeah, yeah, 
Which I know I'm, I'm showing my fun. I'm showing my poker hand. I have no. I have, Sounds like a recipe for bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's true. I mean, and, and that's like, your answer to everything, though. He's bikes is always my one answer for trick pony. Ugh. Bikes are good, man. Bikes are good. Bikes are fine. Josh, what do you got? I'm gonna go play a game. All cool. right, let's cool. wrap this up. Oh, uh, speaking of games, we. Yay, our, our long sabbatical from doing Friday night streams at the uh, Frontier Gaming Channel here at the store. We're going to be doing Legion back-to-back. So I've got a standard 800-point game that I'm going to be playing with my buddy Jeff tomorrow. So very excited that. We're going to be trying LVO lists. And then the following Friday, I've got John enlisted, and we're going to do some sort of Wookiee mayhem because Wookiees are coming out next week. We're going to be playing some stuff. Uh, Wookie, hot Wookie on Wookie action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, Frontier Game Channel, Frontier Gaming Channel, and that's on Twitch. So yeah, hit a hit a follow on there. Even if we're offline, you'll get a notification when we go live because it should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm stoked for it. Yeah. Just one one real quick thing. The uh, the whole pre painted minis thing. Oh, um, shout out to uh, Ryan Farmer at uh, Minox Squadron. That that it's kind of his that that whole point oh, of discussion was okay. kind of his idea. We were chatting offline um, because he kind of you know he bought into Legion at first, and now he's waiting for the clones thing. But you know oh, he's yeah. like he's he, I think a lot of he, he just asked a general question like Have you guys seen that the painting requirement? Oh, pull away, okay. you know, cost you people that might want to play but don't want to paint. So um, that that whole thing came out of a discussion with him. So well, there thanks, you go. The, the one the one segment I thought in this show that was originally produced was actually also farmed out from another source. Yeah, you know, that's what we did. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun anyway. Nope. All right, all right. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tatooine Network. For more from The Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.